The word that I think describes 2020 would probably be sad. Apocalyptic. Unpredictable. Transformation. Fear. Boring. Draining. This year has been very draining. Frustrating. Surprise. Overwhelming. Dystopian. Unexpected. Long. Never ending. Welcome to Isolation U, a podcast about living and learning in the time of COVID. Amazingly, not one of those words was a curse word, or perhaps a primal scream. Thankfully, we in the St. Thomas community haven't been ambushed by the disease itself. Still, it's been a trying year to be at university. So on this final episode of Isolation U, we asked students, what got them through the shit show that is 2020? Hi, I'm Erin Sousa, the one with spurts of depression and anxiety who always finds a way to be annoying about it. And I'm Hannah Rutterham, the one with several chronic illnesses and really cold hands. I don't know about you, Hannah, but 2020 has been an absolute whirlwind of a year, and I'm just waiting for it to be over. What about you? You know, Erin, I'd have to agree with you on that one. I am so over this 2020 thing. So what were some things that happened to you this year? <laughs> well, it's been a hell of a year, so I'm immunocompromised, and so COVID has been pretty scary. My grandmother died in the midst of the pandemic, and my father has a mystery illness that's getting worse, and doctors still can't figure it out. If anyone's waiting for this year to be over, it would be me. Hannah, I am so sorry about that, and honestly, all I have to complain about is spending too much time with my family. So, like, what got you through this? Coffee friends, and the cellar. <laughs> that, that works for me. I'll take a double picture of Dave Matthews to go, please. And you? What got you through besides the pictures of alcohol? Well, I did write a few thoughts down. Let's hear it. COVID-19. 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 COVID. The COVID pandemic. Coronavirus. If someone had told me my freshman year of journalism school would end with a global pandemic, I would have told them to save the idea for a movie script. I was in JDH last March when I got the email that St. Thomas was canceling in-person classes for the rest of the school year. I grabbed my camera and walked to Regent Mall to create a photo essay to make up for lost assignments. Shelves were empty. Carts were filled to the brim with hand sanitizer, toilet paper, face masks, and gloves. I spoke with women taking every precaution to keep their families safe. Others thought intense stockpiling and physical distancing was overboard. I even talked to some middle schoolers just as the Department of Education shut down schools. I was thrown in the deep end of breaking news, something nobody is ever prepared for. I walked back to campus with a heavy heart. My world completely changed from the time I woke up to when my head hit the pillow. I walked through GMH on the way back to my room in Holy Cross. Less than a day before, it was packed with students studying, socializing, and relaxing. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a book open on a table. It was old and slightly weathered. It was like a student left in the middle of reading, never to return. I snapped a picture of it 
and I didn't even have to think of a title. School's out. Forever? It's been almost nine months since that day, but it feels longer. I'm glad to be back in a semi-normal routine, attending school full-time on top of working as photo editor at the Aquinian and as a newsreader for CHSRFM. As a journalist, there comes a time when some stories are just too hard to work on. In the early stages of lockdown, I was working as a freelance reporter for Brunswick News. I heard from postal workers, parents, students, and economists, all concerned about COVID-19 and what it would do to life as we knew it. People turn to experts and the media for answers. It's tough when neither have them. I could offer these people no solace. I couldn't guarantee they'd have graduation. I couldn't guarantee they'd have prom. I couldn't guarantee they'd have a job. On top of being isolated from people other than my family bubble, it caused a significant impact on my mental health. I spent a lot of sleepless nights wondering when life would return to normal, when I could do in-person interviews again, when I could hug my friends again. While it hurt to read hurtful comments about reporters doing what they could to tell stories, my saving grace was social media. I was fortunate to network with other young journalists in the area. We would check in every day to ensure we were doing all right and see if we needed to rant. A massive shout-out to Natalie Sturgeon, Fallon Hewitt, Julia Wright, and Stephanie Sirwa. Folks, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have made it through the first wave. They taught me to take breaks from the news and current affairs, that it's okay for reporters to share their feelings, and it's okay for us to be human. Journalism is a stressful job, and no one should have to go through it alone. This is Aaron Sousa for Isolation U. definitely relate to some of those struggles, Erin. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was unemployed and still trying to do my student journalism projects at home while I was in a two-week quarantine. Yeah, and since we've all been back at Stu, you and I and most of the group we put shows together with have been part of the Aquinian bubble. (laughs) Yeah, we do see a lot of each other. Yeah, but... We only did one out of every three podcasts of Isolation U. Lars Schwartz and Peter Jewett are members of this class that have been investigating all term how students are coping with online learning and living. And Alicia Wayland is a fourth year student and mother. They join us now how all of our guests have joined us over this year over Zoom. Hi guys, thank you for coming in today. So Lars and Peter, you were involved with Isolation U group two. How did this show deepen your understanding of what everyone was going through this year? Lars, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, it was great to see, to, well, it was nice talking to other people and seeing how other people are dealing with it and how it's, it's hard for everyone. Um, I think that's something that was useful for us as students. I also found uh, the, the first episode we worked on, we sort of focused on professors, and Morgan Bell did a really good piece on um, what professors were going through and how they were trying to adapt uh, as well. 
And I think that just sort of gave a fuller picture of what was going on and gave us all a better idea of how hard it is for everyone. Absolutely. And what about you, Peter? Well, like Lars said, um, it really gave me a chance, the podcast did, to talk to people outside of who I would normally talk to and see what they're feeling. But at the same time, it was also the closest that I worked with other students this semester. So I didn't really have other group projects this semester. And that allowed me to kind of like my group, we became pretty good friends and we would be able to empathize with each other about our struggles and then also about the struggles of the people who we were talking to. Um, So that was also really helpful to have a group like that. Awesome. And Alicia, you might not have been able to look at 2020 through the lens of the digital journalism class, but this is your grad year and you have a family. If I'm not wrong, your husband is a student too, correct? Did that make 2020 especially hard to get through? Wow. I mean, for sure. 2020 has definitely been an experience. When everything originally shut down in March, it was really hard to get used to the new way of living. But now our son is back in daycare and our apartment turns into an office from nine to five. What's most challenging is the University of New Brunswick, where my husband attends, doesn't do asynchronous learning like we do. So he's in meetings all day and his voice booms throughout the house. Um, but other than that, it's it's been pretty OK getting back on track. Great. And Lars, I know you've done some stories on the pandemic and technology. How do you think that's helped you and other students cope under these circumstances? Yeah, so I did a few things. Back in March last year, I did a piece on Animal Crossing and how sort of people were playing that um, during the pandemic and sort of using that to connect with friends and to stay in touch and sort of just have like a a virtual hangout space. And I talked to a lot of students who that was really useful for. And like, I didn't include her in my story um, just because like she's close, but my girlfriend loves Animal Crossing and she used it to connect with all her friends um, while she was, uh, couldn't really get in touch with them in person. Um, And then this year in the fall, I worked on a piece, uh, well, for Isolation U about, um, about the game Among Us, where I interviewed a uh, reporter for the paper at Western University and there they'd been organizing events in uh, Among Us for uh, a variety of clubs at the school Um, and they were sort of connecting through the game and sort of having a way to hang out in person that was more than just sitting on a Zoom call and just looking at the screen and not always knowing what to say. Um, But then um, there's also lots of other ways that students have been able to connect, uh, such as like a lot of people have been using Netflix parties. And I know on Disney Plus, they built it right into the service where there's group watch now. Um, So I think a lot of people have found ways to connect with people. I'm I'm guessing they'll continue to connect with them after um, if we don't all get back together in the same way we were before, um, because some of us will have moved away and Maybe you'll 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 stay in touch with people once you graduate and go away through these services as well. That's awesome. I was actually also one of the people that um, Impulse bought a Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing during the pandemic, and I also downloaded Among Us a few weeks ago. Um, so, Peter, uh, in a commentary you wrote a few weeks back, you talked about the difficulties of focusing in this online learning world we're all struggling through. What can you tell me about that? Um, and I guess what you do to keep yourself hanging in there. Yeah, so Hannah, it's definitely been my hardest semester of university, hands down. Um, 
being away from the physical space of campus really dropped my productivity because when I'm at home working, the distractions are so much more. There's like I even have a Nintendo Switch just like everybody else and I've been playing Among Us. That's distracting. Um, my TV is in my room, my couch and my bed are right there so I can go take a nap whenever I want. Um, and that's a problem. But when you're on campus, you don't have an issue. So I would always go to my study space when I was on campus, um, be it in study hall or down in the library. But I always have my spot on campus where I can go and just really hunker down and get some work done without distractions. Um, but that's not the case now. So it's really been about building habits and building uh, like self-control and stuff and knowing hey, Peter, you have an assignment that's due. You can't go over and you can't watch Netflix. You can't binge uh, Breaking Bad again. You can't binge Better Call Saul. So I've been working on my setup at home, trying to make it so that my desk doesn't face my TV. Um, And then, like I said, building better habits, leaving reminders for myself, uh, making sure to check the calendar, just things like that. Those are some great tips. I've also struggled with the distractions that kind of come with online learning. So I completely get that. Um, and Alicia, if there's one word that you'd use to sum up your year, it's probably busy, I'm sure. What can you tell me about the little things that make you smile when you should be, by all rights, probably tearing your hair out and crying? <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've definitely done my fair share of crying. Um, but I would say humor is for sure the thing that's gotten me through all of this. We tend to laugh when things get really bad, and that's been our saving grace. Both of our families are pretty impacted by the pandemic, so we find a lot of comfort in knowing that our small family unit is safe and solid and stable. I've also been re-watching old TV shows. I find a lot of comfort in re-watching my old favorites like The Office and Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, um, so now now let's just open this up for a free-for-all discussion. What have you learned this year about yourself or your goals or your outlook on life that might stick with you going down the road? Whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Well, I mean, this year's allowed me to uh, slow down a little bit, which I appreciated. I got to read more books and relax more than usual, and I'm hoping I take a little bit of that mindset with me into 2021 because I definitely wasn't taking enough time to slow down before. Alicia, I definitely agree with you there. There's a lot of pros that have come out of the pandemic, I think. Um, Number one, commute times. Um, You don't have to find parking when you're going to campus. That is something that I mentioned in my commentary a couple weeks ago. Um, But I think like it's so important to find your separation between work and play or just work and rest. And like getting to that balance can be such a hard thing. But once you find it, right? Um, it's really, it's really just the magical spot, right? Because you're getting your work done and you're not stressed out because you're giving yourself enough rest time, right? Um, something on sort of a different topic that I learned this year would be kind of just not to base too much of your life around security and like a lot of your decisions, like sometimes we'll work towards finding a job that we think will be secure instead of getting working on something that we think we'd really love doing. But this year, a lot of people who thought they had the most secure jobs in the world just lost them. And sort of what I've learned from that is just sort of to go for what you want, because no matter what, stuff can go wrong. Awesome. So, so guys, we'll start with Alicia. What's your one wish for 2021? Oh, my God. Just give me the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and Lars? Um, yeah, probably the same. Um, that stuff will open up more. Hopefully that we're back in-person learning by the fall. What about you, Peter? I'm just hoping that I can get out to a pro sports game or a concert of some kind. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, Peter, and Lars, for taking the time to be here today and talk about your 2020. Aaron, what did you think about that fantastic panel of student experiences? Well, definitely some compelling answers from our panelists, Hannah. And like, I can definitely relate to Peter. It's been such a hard time trying to stay focused this year. And yes, also, please give me that vaccine. But um, yeah, it shows how much this year has really changed us. And you know, it's, it's these stories that we've heard a lot over the year from fellow students. You know what another thing is that got me through 2020? My orange cat, Sunny. I'm actually surprised he's, he's not meowing in the background right now. Um, but here's Deanna Chavez, who talked to students about how great it is that their pets are lucky they don't know what year it is. If I didn't have my cat, like, or my dog, really, like, I just, I feel like it would have been much harder. I would have felt more lonely because I'm at home all day doing, like, um, schoolwork. But with my pets here, I don't really feel lonely. What Luna will do, she's so precious. She's so fat and her fur is so dense uh, that a lot of the times I'll give her a hug and it's like hugging a pillow. You know, we'll be sitting in silence, me and my husband both doing schoolwork for hours on end during the day, but she'll just decide to run through the living room or try to play fetch. And it gives us something to laugh at and sort of a little break that we weren't expecting, which has been really nice. Blue definitely keeps me sane. I would have, I don't know what I would have done. I maybe even would have gone back home. She's really annoying though, but um, at the end of the day, like I just love her to death. And I think I would have gone completely insane without my cat. Uh, I definitely appreciate cuddling up with Nikki. It helps relieve a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and just brings on a, a comfort that uh, probably wouldn't be there otherwise. You know, they make you feel like happy, you know, excited and whatnot, and they just give you like a little relief. It's like a break from reality almost. When I start crying, he will start playing and like being silly and running around. She's really clingy. Oh my God, Ugh, seriously, like every time I come home, she screams like she, it's not barking, it's like actual screaming. She chokes on herself because she's so excited to see me. Every morning they give me a reason to wake up and feed them. It's like he like senses when I'm just overwhelmed and he comes in with his little chew toy and will like sit on my lap. Like she needs me just as much as I need her. And I don't know, having like that, a dog love you that much? I don't know. You're gonna see it's a destiny. Like it makes everything better, <laughs> I would say. I'm, I'm just that cat mom. I'm a very proud cat mom and I'll, I'll never be embarrassed. You got a friend in me. Oh my God, Hannah, that piece makes me so happy. Okay, I've, I have two pets back home in St. John. It's a dog named Tika and a cat named Daisy, but they can't live with me in residence, so that kind of sucks. And they also kind of hate each other, but it's it's fine because they're cute. That's fair. My cat doesn't live with me in Fredericton either, but now that I'm home in Cape Breton, he gets to entertain me all day long. However, the other day I was on a call with one of my professors and he just started attacking the Christmas tree. So I don't really appreciate that one. 
Yeah, and, and I do know that many people struggling with stress or mental health issues, they definitely find comfort in having a pet. And, you know, we've also done a few stories on Isolation U about how online learning has affected those with issues. Some have actually enjoyed the ability, though, to access services without having to wait and sit in an office. But for others, you know, it's added a lot of extra stress, especially those who find asynchronous learning trying. Here's Isolation U's Shannon Nickerson. As a teenager, I was fixated on space and the sun. I would stare at the stars at night, watching them to ensure none of them were actually asteroids that were going to hit the Earth. I used to stare directly at the sun as a compulsion, to make sure nothing was wrong with it. At 14 years old, it was my responsibility to keep watch. This is what OCD does to the minds of normally rational people. I've learned to live with it, and grown into an adult who can thrive even with OCD. Then, 2020 came. A lot of people were really freaking out at the start of the pandemic. Weirdly for me, the pandemic didn't hurt my mental health that much. That's not to say that I didn't believe it was dangerous or understand the risks. I was just already used to having world-ending fear hanging on my shoulders. For so much of my life, I've been convinced that something is going to come along and kill everyone I love. At least, with a pandemic, there's a solution. How can you fight an asteroid? So, I survived. But the school year was fast approaching, and it brought its own set of challenges. Psychiatric disorder is associated with strap. Actually, we are recruiting sergeant and we are considered the only center in Italy. I hear his voice, but I'm not listening. My entire arm is covered in colorful scribbles from my collection of highlighters, and my fingers twitch slowly towards my Nintendo Switch. I can play and listen too, right? Disabilities make learning difficult, but online learning feels almost impossible. Who's stopping me from turning it off? from doing literally anything else. There are just some times that I struggle to do things the way other people can. You wouldn't ask someone in a wheelchair to climb stairs, but they can still get up with an elevator. Shit, there I go again. Another ten minutes of a lecture gone because I got lost inside myself. What did he say again? Is this going to be on the final? Did I do my laundry? I have to go move my laundry. I'll finish this lecture later. I've developed coping strategies by now, but they're strategies that often need other people. Doing work in public, studying with my friends, all bad ideas during COVID. It's been rough, but screw it. I'm just going to keep struggling as best I can. You can't fix a broken tool with itself. That is to say, I have a hard time stopping my OCD from spiraling into panic on my own. But that doesn't mean that isolation will do me in. When my friends are busy, I'll bother my roommates. When everyone is busy, and I'm on my own crying because I'm convinced that everyone I know will end up dead, I'll keep doing that until eventually I get tired and fall asleep. I deserve help, but so does everyone else. There's not always going to be someone ready to extend a hand to me when I'm struggling, and during COVID, there's more important priorities. 
I should get a ramp. Or an elevator. But if nobody will give me one, then I'll drag my way to the top. Wow, that was really interesting how Shannon talked about always having this sense of impending doom and that when the pandemic hit, she was pretty much ready for it. Yeah, I really liked how we could sort of get into Shannon's mind to learn how she dealt with mental illness, which I know is very different for many people. But, you know, just to change the subject, Hannah, I know you're into music. So what kind of songs got you through this year? Well, I was in the top 4% of listeners for Phoebe Bridgers on Spotify. I'm not sure if that says anything about my mental health this year. Um, and I'm also a big fan of the song Boys Will Be Bugs from Cave Town because it just like makes me want to run through a field of daisies when I'm like 14 years old, just kind of loving life. Um, but I also talked to some other students about what music got them through 2020. It was a mixture of Vance Joy, Ed Sheeran, and uh, Latin American music? Um, so right at the beginning of the pandemic when we were at home, I came across the song Cleaner Air by Yee. Uh, the answer to all of the above is Frank Turner, but specifically uh, the album Positive Songs for Negative People. Oh, the whole um, the Hamilton soundtrack kind of got me through 2020 years. But one song out of the album that really stuck out to me for this year is called Hurricane. All right, so um, I did a bit of thinking, and I've narrowed it down to um, It's Illinois by Sofiane Stevens. Stay Alive by Laura Jane Grace, which uh, she's one of my favorite artists in general. And that is uh, Black Bear, who is a rapper, hip-hop artist, and uh, Youngblood, who is an alternative punk rock artist. What I kind of noticed was in the summer... I was, for some reason, I was listening to a lot of Beatles songs. I walk around like my head's in the clouds, but I'm just a boy with his heart pouring out of his head. It's just him talking about how he's going to write his way out of the mess because that's what he, he's always done. That's what's always worked for him. Uh, and I kind of like resonate with that, um, that particular part of Hamilton because um, I'm a writer. That's the best way I express myself. I'm not exactly the best at talking or anything like that. Cause I don't know the perfect road to go down, but I know. The album really focuses on like kicking mental health in the teeth and, you know, trying to make things better for yourself in any way that you can. Um, and I thought it, it really seemed to help me out, especially back during the beginning of all of this, when um, everything started to get really bad back in March and going outside made me nervous and, you know, grocery shopping and stuff was scary. Um, and my mental health just basically did a downward spiral. I'm trying my best. Trying my best to be okay. I'm trying my best, but every day it's so hard. And yeah, this album talks a lot about like struggling with mental health and depression. So that kind of like got me 
through 2020 because uh, I was struggling a lot with anxiety and mental health. So I felt that album really spoke to me on a really personal level. I can let you inside. It's been so long and I've got nothing left to hide with. You believe me if I told you that I've got flaws. My favorite Black Bear song is called I Feel Too Much. I don't know, it really... I like the beat of it, but I also love the lyrics that are in the song. Now it's time to let the curtains unfold and tell all the stories that I didn't want told. Let it out so I am burdened my I spent my the summer back home in the United States stop. and I confronted head on a lot of my anxieties about what works and doesn't about the United States. And the album is at least in part about the process of growing up, moving out, and defining for yourself who you are and where your home is. I don't know the perfect road to go down, but I know. I'm trying my best. Wow, I I loved hearing those responses. Um, Music can be so powerful. And by the way, that was the music of Anson Sebra, Trying My Best. And you probably recognized our classmate Jasmine Gidney's voice in there. I wasn't surprised at all that she's a Hamilton fan. After all, she is my drive to work. I don't mind, though. I'm also a fan of musicals. Well, Hannah, I've always been a diehard supporter of music therapy, so I'm glad people took advantage of that to get them through. We all need something to relieve stress, like, you know, the pent-up anger we all have about only seeing our families during lockdowns, or how much online classes just suck. Well, Aaron, you're also a big sports guy, aren't you? I mean, Hannah, let's just say I only watched the Super Bowl for the halftime show. Remember how one of the first signs that everything was about to come grinding to a halt was when the NBA announced it was shutting down? I'm not sure our classmate Matt Daigle will ever forget it. When school shut down, I was crying my eyes out when I was on the phone with my mom, begging to go home. I was terrified, and when I kept hearing COVID updates over and over, I couldn't take it. I even asked my dad to shut off CNN because it just kept giving me anxiety. But on the driveway, there was no virus. The pavement turned into the hardwood, and in that moment, nothing else mattered. Not school, not COVID. It was just me and the imaginary defender standing in the way of my game-winning shot. ESPN and Netflix released The Last Dance, a 10-part docuseries on the final season of the Chicago Bulls dynasty, going through the highs and lows of the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. This series spared no detail going through humble beginnings, the drama, and the undying will and borderline psychotic obsession with winning. This was by far the best documentary I've ever seen. The Last Dance was so inspirational 
it made me want to train and finally get back in shape after three and a half years of university. The motivation obviously didn't last long, but it was the thought that counted. When summer came, my waiting finally paid off when the NBA, NHL, and MLB announced the return of their seasons. You've been spectacular. After months of isolation and fear, sports returning put a hop in my step. I finally had something to look forward to, something to make me actually cheer, and an excuse to scream at the TV like a crazy person. Finney Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! Watching the entire NBA playoffs play out at Disney World made watching basketball even more magical. And that's the thing about sports. Every dribble, every swing, every movement has a purpose. Each player and coach has a story. Sports is a place where the underdog, the little guy, can win it all. It can help us heal during a tragedy like COVID-19. Sports may seem silly on the surface, but looking further, it can inspire and bring us back to life. But now, let me take it to the queen side. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side. All the residential questions to invade the air. Hold up for a second, son, because we almost did. That was Isolation U's Matt Daigle. And even though he's the arts editor of the Aquinian, he's still a big sports fan. So it's not terribly surprising that the return of sports kept him going during 2020. We've been talking about many aspects of student life on this podcast, but one of the biggest things this term has been online learning. You know, most of my classes were asynchronous this term, so I felt kind of disconnected from my professors. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, Hannah, there's at least one professor I haven't seen this year. So it's not what I'd want, but at this point, it really, it just is what it is. And for some students like Isolation U's Laura McDonald, sometimes seeing a professor even if it's over Microsoft Teams, makes it worse. That's why she's stepping into the metaphorical boxing ring with our professor and executive producer, Mark Tunney. 2020 feels like being trapped in a musty, smelly, dark sewer. When September rolled around, the light at the end of the tunnel started to grow brighter and brighter. I was excited to be working with such amazing people at the Equinian. I'd be able to see all my friends again, and I was looking forward to some of the classes I had chosen. That was until Mark Tunney body slammed the light bulb and opened the septic tanks, completely flooding the sewer and turning it into a very dark abyss. Someone's got it in for me. They're planting stories in the press. Whoever it is, I wish they cut it out quick. But when they will. That, that, that's kind of strong. Okay. Yeah, no, no, tell me how you really feel. Well, I, I have, like, one question for you. Okay. 
Really? And like, why? Why? Why did we have the class? Why did we do a podcast? Why what? did you body slam that light bulb? You know, man, I, I, I'm not too sure. I mean, it all seems to stem from my point of view on the fact that I said, like, you know, that your tweets aren't going to get you an A+. I just wanted people to understand, you know, that that's not going to save your mark. That Anyway, but that, is that what bothered you? Oh, yeah, that certainly bothered me because that was my job for the first podcast. Do you, like, put stuff in your schedule and it's like, okay, from one to two, I'm going to make my students' life so much worse? Uh, no, I, I kind of do that spontaneously. I mean, I don't think anybody's entitled to an A automatically. you got to show me that you're working for it. Listen, I mean, I don't know what happened. Laura, I mean, I thought we had a good relationship last year. We worked on that medium thing, um, that, that little short documentary you did. Everything seemed to be going well. You know, we ended, we you produced something, but I helped you, and we, I thought we learned a lot about radio. Things were good, and then you know, one comment about a tweet and everything. You, you seem kind of sensitive this year. Yeah. We reached our peak last year. I, I, I'm breaking up with you. Okay, you're dumping me, but I, I, I just like to, you know, give you a little, um, a present, like a going away present. Is that okay? Oh, I mean, sure, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, why don't we listen to this? Sure did. I worked at a store. Sure did. I worked at a store that sold hemp. Fuck me. But a lot of students had internships lined up, and not all of them came through because of COVID, which is kind of a drag because they can get an important stepping stone to a permanent job. Oh, fuck me. I totally fucked that up. Jasmine Gidney has... <laughs> Were you busy this year? Oh, fuck me. That was Melissa Peñe and Kondo talking to Isolation News, Diana Chavez. Did I say her name right? Peñe, yeah. Peña and Chavez. Take it again. That was Melissa Peña and Kondo talking to Isolation U about Deanna Chavez. <laughs> that was Melissa Peña and Kondo talking to Isolation U's Diana Chavez. And by the way, why did I call her Diana? You had it. Just fine. Just keep going with the next one. Okay. And by the way, Deanna spoke to St. Thomas and... Fuck me. Oh, fuck me. I totally fucked that up. Fuck! You really had to expose me like that? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. My phone's ringing. I was gonna end on a good note, and then you just came out of here and roasted me like that. Even though, like, I went through a breakup this year and my dog died, like, you were, you were astronomically more to deal with than both of those things. However, oh, this is hard for me to say. I don't like admitting things. You did spike my interest in radio. I really don't like to give a lot of compliments out, but, you know, I thought that little touch on that interview you did with, um, you know, your cousin earlier this year. 
That was a lot of fun, actually. Would you ever be a reference for me? Yeah, sure. I, oh, my God. I'd be happy to be a reference. Yeah, she's a fucking great student if you're fucking used to get used to her for a while. You know, her Kate Breton is in So can we, like, agree to, um, you know, um, we're going to break up, but, you know, at least, yeah. sort of, at least sort of shake hands when we break up. As Bob Dylan said, you know, fares you well. Goodbye's too good a word. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, we can leave it at that. <laughs> Fairly well. <laughs> Fairly well, yeah. Well, that sure was something. Um, No one can say that we don't air out our dirty laundry here at Isolation U. Okay, so maybe I'm stretching the teaching moment thing a little, but maybe there's a lesson here that sitting down and communicating with your professors, even if it takes them all term to get there, will help you both get through the year. I think that communication thing, that teaching moment you're talking about, I think that is what will will help you both get through the year. And, you know, we're getting close to the finish line. So fingers crossed that everybody ends on a good note with good relationships with their professors. And with that said, Hannah, you know, this show has been fun. And don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled that it's over. But, you know, I do like that this kind of brought me back to my radio roots. You see, I got to intern at CBC when I was in high school back in St. John, which kind of sparked my interest in journalism. So getting to produce audio pieces uh, for this class as I did back then kind of reminded me just how much I like the format. Yeah, it's a little bittersweet. It's taught me how difficult putting on a podcast is, especially with none of us being in the same room. I kind of feel like after doing a podcast completely remotely, I could do almost anything. Plus, isn't it just cool that we got to host the last ever episode? With that, I'm Hannah Rutterham. And I'm Aaron Sousa. But Hannah, we both know our professor would never let us get the last word. So here's Mark Tunney on what got him through this year. You know, I like to say, uh, like my parents both uh, served in the Second World War. Uh, yeah, my dad was in my Navy. Uh, my mother uh, w- w- was a nurse. Um, and they actually met in a tuberculosis hospital after the war. Um, so I like to say that I, I'd be nothing if it wasn't for war and pestilence, which I think would have uh, maybe uh, prepared me for, for this year. This song is, is called This Year um, by a band called the Ma- Mountain Goats. My understanding of it is it, it, it's a song about um, you know the lead singer's uh, abusive childhood, or at least the, he had a stepfather that was quite abusive. Teenage years were, were rather rough. Um, that wasn't my life at all. Um, you know, my family was good. It was not an abusive household. My parents never divorced. I've been you know, together with my wife for nearly 40 years now. You know, my kids are out of the house and all doing fine. I don't suffer from mental health issues. You know, I've always felt pretty lucky. Back in like January, February, I started waking up every night not having difficulties breathing, and I would just be all clogged up, and I didn't know what was happening. It would take me about 15 minutes to get better. I think people that were in my classes realized something was wrong. Um, 
And so they did the test. I mean, it turned out to be more kind of a, a, a GERD acid reflux issue that had gotten really bad and I didn't realize. But in the course of that, they um, discovered uh, something in my lungs. And anyway, I, I, I had to go through a bunch of scans and they, and they did a biopsy. Uh, and anyway, um, so going into March break when the pandemic hit, I was kind of like, okay, um, you know, what's, you know, I could have lung cancer, and who knows lung cancer, because that can, that can happen really quickly. And then the pandemic hit, and I, you know, it was hard even to do an appointment after that. So the tumor turned out to be benign. The medication got the GERD under control. And you know, I have the kind of job that I can do from home. I guess the kind of head that thrives in isolation. So I don't I didn't have to fight a war or, or lose a job or a grip on my sanity. I still, you know, uh, when it comes to 2021, I think I'm gonna party with the rest of you. That's the final episode of Isolation U. I'd like to thank everyone who gave us a listen, as well as Philip in the department for making sure we got what we needed to put on a show in this time of isolation. And the biggest shout out goes out to all the students who went the extra mile to make this work under trying circumstances. Isolation U has been the production of the Digital Journalism class at St. Thomas University and the Aquinian.